Greetings folks, it's time for another wonderful episode of Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. And my guest this week is none other than Neve Fisher-Black. What can I tell you about Neve? Well, Neve, first off the bat, is the under-23 World Road Race Champion, which isn't too bad at all, is it? She's a Kiwi from Nelson in New Zealand, which actually is the same hometown as a friend of the pod, Mr George Bennett. If you haven't listened to the George Bennett pod, please do. It was a corker. And we actually revisit the same quiz to put the two Nelsonians head-to-head and see who's the best at being from Nelson. Um, We chat in quite a lot of forensic detail about her World Championship win and her remarkable career thus far. And she rides for Team SD Works. And we talk about the influence of her quite esteemed DS, Anna van der Breggen, um, which is really very, very interesting indeed. And we discuss what our hopes are, of course, for the 2023 season. So sit back, make a brew, maybe grab yourself some lollies or indeed some lolly cake. uh, And you'll see what I'm talking about very soon because this is the Neve Fisher Black episode. You know it's that time again Neve Fisher-Black is perhaps the most exciting young rider in the women's pro peloton. Coming from New Zealand, the SD Works rider has few chances to race in the presence of friends and family. So in 2022, when the UCI World Road Championships came to Wollongong in Australia, she stopped off on her way home to finish 12th in the senior race, winning the under-23 title in the process, enjoying the support of a nearest and dearest as she pulled on the famous rainbow stripes. In 2022, she also enjoyed a string of impressive results for a trade team, including fifth overall in the Giro. But what kind of Percy pigs are her favourite? Does she prefer the mini ones or the full-size ones? That's what you're here for, really, isn't it? Check it out. Neve, first and foremost, thank you very much indeed for joining me on Matt Stevens Unplugged. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, no, no worries at all. Um, I understand from our little brief warm-up you had... Um, porridge for breakfast and you you called it classic porridge um yeah <laughs> can you describe what classic porridge is because wherever you are in the world i think there's different variations on classic porridge because i'm intrigued now uh i don't know if, if we're talking like proper classic porridge maybe it, it wasn't classic porridge i know i have a scottish teammate and she always tells me classic porridge is just with water and i did put milk in this one so um it's not scottish classic but just yeah, normal porridge, bit of cinnamon, bit of a bit of plant milk actually, and um, some peanut butter. I always go with some peanut butter. Oh, nice. <laughs> and honey. Very nice and and honey. All oh, right, so okay, there's, so he's got cinnamon, plant milk. What sort of milk are we looking at? Is it uh, oat milk, almond milk, uh, coconut? Um, what, what are we looking at? What did I use? I think I used a soy milk this morning, but yeah, it can sort of be any any milk. But okay, and, and just look, there's a lot of flavours going on there, Neve. So you've got yeah. cinnamon, honey, and peanut butter. Because yeah. that, that, this is this is what I'm, this is what I mean when I wanted to know what the classic porridge was. That's quite unique in terms of flavours. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. This and in, in the morning, you're not thinking too much. You just put in whatever like comes to mind. And I had a long ride to do, so I was a little bit like, just put it all in there, get as much in as possible. So, well, um, um, but it tasted good. So okay, yeah. it it's, it sounds like I'm trying to imagine. Um, obviously, this is a podcast, and I, I can't see. I can't see you. I can't see any can't see any porridge. I'm just trying to imagine the multitude of flavours. 
So it's like a sweet and savoury um, flavour going on there, especially with that peanut butter in the mix. Yeah, well, I mean, to make it even worse, I put salt in the porridge, so... <laughs> really so hold on, so hold on up. a minute. So you put... So, okay, now we're getting to the bottom of this now. So salt, peanut butter, uh, honey, yeah. and cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like you need. That, that does sound pretty incredible, actually. And I do understand. I have been asked to probe a little bit further about your. You do have a peanut butter sponsor, I believe, don't you? Oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't call it a sponsor, but yeah, definitely. I'm a hearty supporter and supported by my hometown peanut butter company, Pix Peanut Butter. So. I, I uh, haul that over from New Zealand every year as much as I possibly can. <laughs> oh, wow. So just can you just spell it? Is it Pex? Pex peanut butter? Pex. P-I-C-S. P-I-C-S. Okay. And uh, so how many... Obviously, you're from New Zealand. You're, I believe you're currently in Girona, aren't you? Am I, am yeah, I correct? Yeah, currently in Girona. Yeah. Yeah. So how much peanut butter, Neve, can you... Do you have a spare suitcase? Do you have a peanut butter um, a suitcase? Or, uh, I mean, how do you carry it? Because it's, ex- it's an expensive flight, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, baggages are not cheap. So, and especially when I'm carrying two bikes normally, uh, at least one to two bikes, um, it's not easy. But this time, actually, I was traveling with just a, a cardboard box my bike was in, which is probably not the best thing, but it tends to be a bit lighter. So I did have some extra weight in my bike box. So I put a couple of kgs of peanut butter in there. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, they gave me quite a few <laughs> kg of peanut butter. <laughs> so I'm sort oh, of for brilliant. the next while. <laughs> that, that, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm glad we got that little bit of uh, that peanut butter out of the way. I, I like the fact that I think when we all travel um, carrying our bikes, especially ridiculous distances like you, you know, you, you you do think about what you can and can't pack. And I like the way yeah. that your strategy is partly determined by how much pizza, peanut butter you can carry. I like that a lot. I'm, uh, that, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Neve, um, I've already um, touched on the fact that you are in a Girona in Spain. Um, what part of the town are you in? Because obviously it's a, 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 everybody knows now, it's a real cy- international cycling hub. So what part of the town are you in without giving away your exact address? Um, yeah, I've actually just moved to a new apartment, literally just in the last week. So I've just, I was living in the Barry Vale, which is the old town. And I've just moved just a bit out of that. So a bit more in the new town now, but actually I, I prefer it because the old town can be quite noisy and busy, especially in summer with tourists and things. So it's actually a bit nicer to be a bit out of the, the buzz now, but yeah, I mean, it's still very close. So it's good. <laughs> How how far away are you? I mean, we've had fellow New Zealander. We've had well, actually you're the th- the third New Zealander we've had on the pod. I'm mean, I'm sure Niall will correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. We've had George Bennett. Um, he was on like a, over a year ago, and we've had Ella Harris on yeah. as well. Um, now I know you race regularly with. Yeah, is she a bit of? Obviously, she's going to be a little bit of a neighbour. Is she also a training partner of yours? Yeah. Well, I've haven't ridden with her too much in Drona, but. Um, in New Zealand, we were on like same team for a while when we were juniors and things. So yeah, I've done a lot of riding with her. Um, and I see her a lot around town in Girona when she is here. So yeah, definitely, uh, not quite a training partner, but, um, yeah, definitely 
she's she's a lot of each other. Yeah, she's 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 a she's a big character actually. I'm very yeah. very fond of Ella. She's. Uh, um, are you? Is any of her inspiration in terms of cuisine and cookery rubbed off on you? Because I know she does like. Well, she does a little cookie reviews now. Um, has any? Are you? Have you been inspired by anything that uh, that that she's done from a from a, a cake perspective? Oh yeah, I mean, I see Ella's baking, and I'm like. Oh, actually, there is one recipe that I found of hers. I don't know how I found it. Maybe she posted it on her her social media one time a few years ago, but I still use it for ride food to this day. It's like this Ella Harris's fruit bread. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's always making this <laughs> baking. I remember one year for my birthday, she made me some like New Zealand lolly cake, which is you can't get it anywhere in Europe. Like you can't get it outside of New Zealand. So when she made me this lolly cake, I was so pleased. It was so good. <laughs> but yeah, she's very good in the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm, you're going to have to just backpedal a little bit here, Neve, and tell me what on earth lolly cake is. I know we we do speak the same language. Yeah. Uh, but lolly uh, in um, conjures up like an ice lolly. Yeah. Or slang for or slang for money. So what is a lolly cake? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So in New Zealand, a lolly for us is uh, a sweet. Um, but a lolly cake is like, ah, uh, I mean, maybe I should describe it by its ingredients. I think it's like yes, yeah. basically butter and cookies, like um, malt biscuits almost, um, mm. grind it up and just made into like a log mix it uh, with, <laughs> with like marshmallow, no, Eskimo lollies all through it. So, <laughs> and obviously sugar and whatever else is in there, but it's, it's quite decadent, quite buttery, quite, yeah, probably not the best for you, but it's a classic you'll find in any corner shop, dairy or bakery in New Zealand so yeah it's a very it New Zealand treat absolutely amazing it, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like it might get you get you halfway across the North Pole to be honest with you um, oh yeah from, from yeah. what's in it's it got it that sounds kind of absolutely amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah proper 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 race forward slash training forward slash survival food um, and, and morale yeah. food as well actually oh yeah actually, t- talking of I know yeah we t- we've talked about peanut butter talked about porridge we've talked about cakes we haven't really talked about any bike racing yet we will do in a minute I'm just <laughs> intrigued because um, as well as food clearly Neve being a, a fuel source for a cyclist yeah for anybody um, for me when I was racing and even when I'm training now I don't race anymore it's not so much it's equal parts a fuel source and equal parts a morale source. So what yeah. is food to you on a bike? Do you, obviously it has to give you the, the right energy, but for you, are you kind of quite neutral to that or do you like, are you quite particular? Do you like a little bit of, like the word you just used, decadence in your back pocket? Yeah, I go, yeah, I go for a different, like, you know, I won't put too much time into making sure I have decadent food. Like, I'll just grab what's in the cupboard. But I do like to have, yeah, a few treats. And it definitely boosts the morale of a ride if you've got some good, like, good home baking in there, like some good banana bread or, or um, yeah, cookies. Oh, they go a long way. But today, actually, on my long ride, um, my British teammate... Well, she just arrived yesterday and she brought me some um, Percy pigs 
And so I had those in my pocket and they were a real morale booster today, I have to say. I really, I'm a Percy Pig fan. I'm a bit of Marks and Spencers. um, So she's a little bit of my personal (laughs) Percy Pig supplier. (laughs) So they got me through today's ride and they were very good. (laughs) Which ones were they? Because believe it or not, Neve, many, 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 many years ago, I worked um, for nearly a decade at Marks and Spencers. Uh, And I remember when Percy Pigs, yeah, we're talking back, we're talking when I was a kid in the 80s, I worked at M&S and then a bit through the 90s when I was racing first. Um, And I remember when Percy Pigs first came into being and and they were like these amazing new sweets, but they're so popular, aren't they? But which one, there's so many different versions, aren't there? So were they the regular ones, the pink ones, or were they the Percy Pig and Friends, Percy Pig and his dog, or were they the vegan ones? Which, were they the classics? No, they were, um, I believe they were the Percy Piglets. They were the little baby ones. Ah, oh, <laughs> the, the, the Percy so Piglets. I think it's the original flavour, but the little piglets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the ones you mean. They're, they're actually really nice. I think they're even nicer than the regular Percy Pigs, because the regular Percy Pigs, you can actually take a bite out of one, can't you? Um, you know, you can have it in two yeah. mouthfuls, but the little ones, I think they're more like a, they're easier to eat, I think. You grab a handful. Yeah, good for a ride. Just into the back pocket, grab a handful, straight into the mouth. But to be honest, I must say, they were the, it was the first time I tried the piglets today. And I think I still, the original was the ones for me. Um, you can't go past the original ones. Okay, fair enough. Because they have the different flavoured ears too, so you get that, get it all in one bite. Ah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. That's um, okay. We're getting really, really quite forensic now on Percy Pigs, aren't we? Other brands, of <laughs> course, are available, but they are very, very popular indeed. Now, sticking with the back pocket theme, um, and and it wasn't that long ago now, was at the World Championships, which we are going to do a bit of a deep dive into, if you don't mind, because you are the under twenty three world, you know, women's road race champion. So, um, what did you have? in your pocket for that epic that epic race. Of course, the world is always epic, but this was particularly long, wasn't it, as well? 160, over 160 Ks, big, big day out. So before we get onto the race itself, what was in your back pocket, Neve? Yeah, um, yeah, really big day, actually. World is always a really big day. So it takes a little bit of fore planning, especially with, um, it's the one day of the year I ride, like we ride with our, a nation's teams so um especially with new zealand we had only temporary staff over and i didn't really know how much i trusted feeding from them and things like that so i kind of had to pack as much in my back pockets as possible um but yeah we use morton with our team so um oh, yeah, yeah. I was using, yeah, just using Morton bars and Morton gels mainly, just relying on that. Um, we did have rice cakes. I think that we stole some rice cakes from the Swiss team, which was, they were pretty good <laughs> rice cakes, actually. Swiss make good rice cakes. Um, but, yeah, I did have some of those early on in the race because um, it was such a long day. And, yeah, pretty much it was just about as much as I could get in. Um food-wise, because it was a pretty hard final. Um, but yeah, that's why I had my pocket. Bars, gels, and rice cakes, a lot of them. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now, the, the race itself, was it looking at the exact distance, 164.3 Ks. Out of interest, 
Neve. Was that the longest race you've ever done? I'd imagine you've ridden further in training and stuff, but was that the longest race you've ever done in terms of distance? Um, no, it wouldn't be. In the, I think, a couple of years now in the Giro, we've always had a really long day there, right. up to almost 180 k's in there, I think. So not the longest race I've done, no. But Worlds always kind Fair of enough. feels feels longest. Well, not really. Just feels like the biggest day because it's such a hard day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we'll touch on the Giro in a minute. It's a race that you clearly love and a, and a race that you've done very well, and especially this year when you're fifth on GC. But I know, we've, I know, in many interviews, you've touched on your intentions going into the World Championship. But before we actually get to to the race itself, although we've talked a little bit about it, what was in your back pocket? What fueled you? You you had to fund fund it yourself because um, it has been discussed a bit you know there was the New Zealand team or New Zealand Federation couldn't fund did they, they couldn't fund anybody is that right there was no funding at all or was it just for certain or uh, certain disciplines um no I mean we we do get uh like high performance sport funding in New Zealand for cycling but it's I most of it goes to track cycling because that's where okay yeah, the success is predictable, I guess, with um, Olympic success and world champion ship um, success. But um, I think a sm- very, very, very small amount goes to the road. Um, and that did go to the world, road world championships. Where I think we had a very small amount that was covered. Um, I don't think they even covered the the staff that was going to be there so um the rest of it we had to pay for and yeah flights and everything was um our own costs and self-funded but yeah i definitely don't think we were the only country that was that case um when it's the world championships in australia it's always a pretty huge investment and i think only the top nations could really cover it completely but so i was yeah it's annoying but i also from one angle, understood it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. like say that. Yeah, it wasn't a, a direct criticism. It's just something quite interesting. And I think, I think one of the another nation that, that struggled to send people was was Ireland as well um, because yeah. of the the extraordinary distance. I mean, so it, it wasn't singling out in New Zealand. But I think what it emphasises, Neve, is the fact that you you paid the vast majority of it to go yourself. Did you? At what point did you say yes? I, w- I want to do this. Was it a plan? from the start of the year for you to ride the world championships obviously being an antipodean world championships not a million miles away from new zealand of course was it something that regardless you always wanted to ride um obviously you got to get picked i mean looking at your results that was never going to be in doubt but um was it always a focus of yours once the course was revealed was was to get there and, and do the best you could regardless of funding yeah i mean for sure i never doubted the fact that i wanted to go to worlds well yeah, early on, I never doubted the fact. I mean, I remember when it first got announced, going it was going to be in Wollongong, Australia. I was like, it was a few years ago, and I remember when I the moment I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this one because yeah, it's about the closest to home that I'll ever have a world championship, and like even people I so many people I knew and and family came over and watched, and that doesn't happen so often for me to have people I know cheering for me on the side of the road. Um, so of course it was not something I wanted to miss. Um, actually later on, uh, closer to the world championships, I think a week 
not even a week before I was about to leave. Actually, even the day I was about to leave for Australia, I remember having a conversation with um, my dear Anna, asking her if I actually should still go because I hadn't had the best previous few weeks going into the into the World Championships. I mean, I I, I broke my collarbone like just just a, I think a month before. And then the race I did before the World Championships was really not good for me because I was still, yeah, I don't think quite recovered from the injury. And yeah, I just was like, ah, why am I doing this? Why am I going all the way to the other side of the world um, and paying all this money to do a race that I probably, I was worried that I would just do really, really bad in. Um, so actually I'm glad in the end I got on that plane, but yeah. Uh, there was only some doubt very much in the last moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, when you look at, it's really, really interesting point, actually. I mean, when you say Anna, you're talking about Anna van der Breggen, um, of course, former world champion, yeah. Olympic yeah, exactly. champion. Um, what, what, what did she actually, just just for other, other people to put it in a bit of context, but what, what did she actually say to you then, uh, Neve? What were her words, if you can remember? Because clearly... Your DS, your coach, members of your family, people that you rely on, that, that their input is valuable. But um, was it more of a reassurance or did you not want to let anybody down? What, what, what did she say? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because obviously I'd ask everyone and I had had the, my own doubts myself. And then finally I just thought, oh, I'll talk to Anna. And Anna came back to me and said, if I think back yeah she said just actually it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter what the result is it's she pointed out the fact that it's a world championships that that I do want to do it's a good experience for me it's close to home and it's actually it was on my way home I was going home afterwards and yeah, she. Yeah, the fact that she just said it, it didn't matter the result. I just had to go there and experience it, and what comes of it comes of it. And then, I guess to hear it from someone like that is sort of that's enough for me to go. Okay, then I'll go. Like it's you can doubt. There are so many people that I can just doubt what they say and flog off what they say, but for somehow. Anna's words, they stuck with me and yeah, I felt I could go with those. So yeah, I'm happy, happy I listened to her. It is, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, clearly that they were words of wisdom, weren't they? Because I mean, it is interesting the way that riders recover from injury and, and sometimes, although getting an injury partway through the year, especially at such a critical point, and it was at the back end of the tour of, um, was it the tour of Scandinavia? Uh, that, yeah. that a few of you in yeah, the team exactly. crashed out, didn't you? Yeah, at the back. Yeah, so that was in three August. Of us, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, all on the same day, wasn't it? You got wiped out, but um, yeah. same so crash. Yeah. you then did. That's it. You then did the the, cha- the challenge by Love Welty. You still finished inside the top twenty there. But do you think that maybe that little bit of a of a break? I mean, when you look at what you'd ridden already, just to, I mean, Commonwealth Games, Giro d'Italia, which you were fifth in. Volta Burgos, which you were eighth in, Itzulia Women, which you were seventh in, um, Festival 8, Elsie Jacob, Jacobs, and then Stralabianca, Amstel, Brabanza, Flesch, Liege. That's a big season. 
So it was almost having that little enforced bit of rest, although psychologically at the time it's the last thing you want. Sometimes the body, the body does strange things. It's difficult to to actually explain what it does. I've experienced it a few times myself. That you come yeah. off the back of this little rest and being held back sometimes isn't such a bad thing, and it clearly wasn't. You're, you're world champion. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that because definitely, if I look back on it now, it's. I can definitely say I came out of what ten days, two weeks, completely off the bike, in a better shape. I mean, maybe my first race back wasn't so good because you know racing is is something else other than than just training, and I, I hadn't really been doing the training. Um, and also I was still in a little bit of pain and felt a little bit uncomfortable. So that was something else, but for sure in the long term, in the long run, that we break, that force break was definitely what I needed because probably, probably if I hadn't had it, I, I wouldn't have, yeah, maybe I would have gone over the limit, over the line, you know, you're constantly on that, that line of doing too much or not doing enough. It's, yeah. So I, actually, I do think it was a good thing, a little bit of force rest and sometimes that's what injury gives you. Yeah, certainly. I mean, just just heading back into the race itself uh, again. I know you. There was it was the first ever uh, under twenty three women's event incorporated within the main event. But you were given the races that you'd ridden in the year, given the results that you'd already had. You, you were going in there. Uh, was the under twenty three race at the back of your head, or was it just, or were you one hundred percent focused on doing the best you could in in the race uh, per se? You weren't like watching the other the other under twenty threes around you. You were just in the mix, which you'd been all year. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a yeah, hard question to answer, but yeah, for sure, the race, like when I started on the start line, I was thinking about the race ahead of me and the races to fin- cross the finish line first, you know, um, so of course, um, that was my initial aim, but I mean, the rainbow jersey is, is, something else you know like I had a chance two chances to win a rainbow jersey that day so I was obviously thinking about both you know I knew I know well my competition and I knew the under 23 riders to look for and I knew who would be close to me so that was all obviously always in the back of my mind but first and foremost I just wanted to focus on having a good race and being there in the elite race um, because I felt that I could. I mean, I raced with these elite women all year. Um, and I knew that in doing that and having a good race there, then also I was going to have a good race in the under 23 too because I knew, yeah, if I could perform at my best level, um, then I would be one of the top under 23s. And the way the course was, I could see it splitting up a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I knew it was going to work in my favor. Um, so yeah, I was thinking about both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was an attritional, almost like a classics type course, wasn't it? Those, those repeated climbs on the, on the circuit and then the big climb, climb earlier on. But when you look at the rides that were around you, um, and you look at the, the races that you perform well in, 
this was almost ideal for you, wasn't it? Coming in a little bit rested, perhaps, like, like you just said. Yeah. Uh, an, an ideal cause for you. This must give you, although you've got the rainbow jersey, it's unfortunately you're not going to be able to wear it next year, are you? Because you're, you're not no. going to be under 23 anymore. So yeah. actually, just on that on that point, uh, Neve, are you wearing it out training as much as you can before January the 1st? Ah, I mean, actually, <laughs> I don't I don't have a jersey, so I don't have anything. So at the moment, I'm just wearing normal kit. Uh, I don't have any jersey or anything. I have the podium jersey, but yeah, I'm not about to wear that out training. Cause no, 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 no. Blimey. Yeah. Oh, 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 wow. Next time I see Anna van der Breggen and, and co, I'd love to have a little bit of a cheeky word. But uh, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I don't, That's a bit of a shame, I, isn't it? I, well, have, well, well, I am off to training camp next week and I have been... Uh, given a little clue that I'm getting some surprises there. So maybe there'll ah. be something there. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, that'll be nice. That'll yeah. be nice. So fingers yeah. crossed. F- fingers crossed. I mean, where actually, you said that you were obviously coming back from Europe via, via Australia to go home to New Zealand for a bit. Where is that jersey then? Is it at home uh, in New Zealand or is it in Girona with you? Where is the one? Where's the podium one? Yeah, I actually, I have the podium jersey with me in Drona actually. Um, I I would have liked to leave it at her home, but my parents are actually in the process of moving house at the moment. So I wasn't about to let it get um, all mixed up with all the moving stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take it with me for now. You know, it's still a little bit fresh. So I was like, and new, uh, yeah. new apartment, new apartment. So I was like thinking, oh, maybe, maybe it's nice to have um, hanging in the new apartment, bit of decoration. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, why not? I mean, you've you've certainly earned it. Before I did this, uh, before I jumped on the pod, um, as part of my research, um, I just watched back the final, that that amazing final couple of kilometres of the women's road race this year. Um, And it is absolutely bonkers what what happens, the way it finally comes back together. But I noticed you were riding really closely to Annemiek because there was these two groups, weren't there? There was a group... Um, yeah. with Cecilia in, in, just in the front. You were just a couple of seconds off um, with, with with Reister, I think, yourself. Um, I think Ashley was in the front. But then yeah. were you aware of of, of Annemiek? Because you were quite close to her just as she launched, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, a few people have said this to you. Sorry, no, it was... One of my little sorest points of the race that I I was there. I was probably the first person to see her her go, so I could anticipate her move the most. Um, but yeah, the only way I can explain it is you know that's racing. The whole all of racing is split second decisions, and my split second decision there was no way. And Amik has been going sh- like not good the whole race um she's got a broken arm that yeah no way she can do this now i mean this someone will close it down yes that was my thought and i guess that was just naive of me to think because yeah now that i think back on it i mean i wasn't about to win that sprint either actually what animate did it was a last ditch try um, and that's the thing with Annemiek, she, she never gives up. And that's what I'm, yeah, realizing more and more that, that that's what makes her such a good racer is that, I mean, for her, it's not over to the line, you know, maybe at that point I had already given up a little bit and I was thinking about a sprint now, but yeah, 
I can only think what could have been if I had just jumped on her wheel there because um, that's all it would have taken just just roll onto her wheel I was in the position to I wouldn't have had to close any gap but uh yeah, I can, can only fault myself for that. That was my mistake and I'll only learn from it's, it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing is, you, you're quite right, uh, Neve. It's, it is one of those things. If if we, like cycling as well as the as the endurance side and, and the capacity to be at the sharp end of the biggest bike race in the world, which you were there, you know, you, you've got, and, and, and it's yeah. proven through your, your races throughout the year. But then... Part of the, one of the beautiful parts of racing, the craft or the the art, the art of racing is something uh, is something different again. And there's you could yeah. look at it and say, "Yeah, hey, you made the wrong decision." But it's those it's his little moments. She made the right decision. She won the race, and yeah. it wasn't just you. There was everybody else was looking around, thinking the same thing. And and so it was on her part as well as being one of the strongest, most determined, dogged riders in the world. What she has is ridiculous intelligence as well. Yeah. So it is something you learn, but I don't think you can be overly faulted because everybody in that group looked around at each other. And then the race was won, wasn't it? In those three yeah, exactly. or four seconds of hesitation, show. But that's just yeah. that's the beauty of racing, isn't it? I I, I do love it. I mean, I mean, yeah. are, are you? Do, do, does the tactics of racing really excite you? And the, the as well as the, now the, the the brutishness of racing, how hard it is. But there's something wonderful, isn't it, about the yeah. tactical nuance of racing? Oh yeah, I love. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, especially as a small rider, I have to. I don't have the brute power to just power my way through any race. I have to think about it, you know. I have to think about where I can save energy and what I can do. And, and always, from my years of racing as a junior, I always had to be a little bit tactical. And, you know, I can still win sprints if I just think about it right, you know. If I go at the right point, if I get someone through a corner, it's like there's so many different ways to win a race and it's so much more than just brute power which is what i i guess i enjoy so much about cycling and why i can still i still can see myself successful in the sport when compared to like some bigger riders like who are doing twice the watts that i'm doing it's yeah it's so much more than that um and yeah i think that that's definitely Annemiek showed that at Worlds that it was all about just thinking on that moment and I guess also belief in herself I mean <laughs> she had a broken elbow and she she still somewhere in there believed she could win um right until the end yeah. so yeah yeah she she is absolutely inspirational isn't she I mean and just looking to the the riders that you're surrounded with you know within uh within SD Works and you, you've signed a pretty long-term contract haven't you? you you're you're signed through to the end of, of 2024 with a team that clearly you're you're more than happy with yeah but what are the riders in the team that you're closest to I mean it's I mean it really is a who's who of of of, uh, of women's cycling isn't it It really really is and then of course you've got um Anna van der Breggen yeah. um, at the helm with all her experience it must be a really inspirational uh enjoyable in- environment for you to be in oh yeah yeah it's, I mean it's, it's crazy to think now I think of it as sort of a norm and like it's a little bit my 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 family away from home now my team and all these like amazing women uh, are, are like people I get on with on a day-to-day basis now it's just <coughs> sorry it's really cool to cool to think about um, definitely not some a position that I would have seen myself in a few years ago 
um, yeah, so much has changed, really. I mean, there's a woman that I, I, I looked up to one, uh, uh, once upon a time. And here you are rubbing shoulders with him. And who's who's the 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 person that you generally get? Who you who do you room with the most? Do, do they mix things around in the teams, or is there somebody if you're on a race with a particular person, do you generally room together, or, or have you been mixing yeah. it up? Uh, they try to mix it around, but I do very very often get put with um, Anna Shackley, uh, okay. my Scottish teammate, and yeah, we have a really nice relationship. Wow. I think, I think we do. I don't know what she would say, but... Um, <laughs> we'll have to get her on the pod and ask her exactly the same question. Yeah. <laughs> is, she, is, she a ti- is she tidy? Is she a tidy teammate? Yeah, I would say she's tidier than me, so... Okay, yeah. Does, is that, I mean, are you... Okay, when you say she's tidier than you, are you particularly messy and disorganised or is she particularly tidy? Or are you? Uh, what's what's the, what's the what's the vibe? Um, I'm not particularly messy, <laughs> but I would say like my mess is organised. Yeah. Like it stays within my suitcase, maybe, or like a suitcase in a couple of bags. It's not all over the room, you know. It's not clothes all over the room, or things like that. But um, okay, yeah. Okay. I all definitely right. wouldn't say I'm very tidy I'm not very very organised with my things you know it's just chuck it in <laughs> fair enough fair enough well we've all the thing is that's it we've all got our own methodology our own our own way and uh, the thing about being in a team that I used to love is that everybody's different and that I mean there were some people that you'd like you prefer to room with than others but it's just a load of people being you've got no choice at who you get chucked no, together with yeah. in a team you've got no choice of who your family are I, I, I love that yeah. randomness yet still we find a way to get on it, it, it's it's a it's quite a um, looking in from the outside, at, 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 especially at cycling team, is the way you generally share a room. I know things have changed a little bit since COVID and stuff, but generally you share a yeah. room together. A lot of people might look at that and think it's just totally bizarre, but it, I think it's really important yeah. as a way of bonding. Yeah, especially I mean, especially in races and training camps, like it's a big group of people with the staff and the riders, and like you go to the dinner table and there's there's voices and conversations coming at you from everywhere, and like sometimes also so many different cultures and and um, yeah types of people, and especially with Anna, I, I guess I feel closest to her on the team because she is a British, she's British, and and we both speak native English and things like that. And whereas we're surrounded by a lot of Dutch and Italian and, and things like that. And we're the only, like only between us can we feel like we're having just a relaxed, normal conversation. And also sometimes, I mean, it's nice to, to have a little bit of normality when you're like, um, yeah, surrounded by all these different cultures. Cause yeah, you find yourself, a little bit talking different and and having different yeah everyone's different to say I guess but I feel most similar to Anna Shackley so it feels good to be in a room with her because we can relate to each other on a different level I guess that's cool I mean that that's the thing isn't it you've got a, a real real international team yeah. but generally speaking you, you have been you're going to room with somebody generally speaking who maybe speaks the same language there's more cultural parallel parallels for for, for example yeah um actually did, did you did she ride the commonwealth games i wonder who because obviously let's see yeah, you were 17th. Did. yeah did you beat her in the commonwealth games 
Oh, oh she was 21st. Oh, you just rolled her. You were 17th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the big competition between us like, in the Commonwealth Games. Flipping heck. Righty ho. Well, I tell you what. Now we're gonna we're gonna change tact here a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, Eve. Now, as as I said to you before, um, um, a few minutes ago, you're the third New Zealander we've had on the podcast. The first was George Bennett, yeah. and then we had Ella Harris. Now, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but generally we have about halfway through we have a quiz, and it's a hometown oh. quiz. Now I know that you are from the town of Nelson, aren't you? Yep, exactly. So same as George, it might be the same quiz. It, indeed. Now, I'm, I'm, I've got my old um, quiz open from when um, George Bennett did the quiz. Oh. So I'm going to ask you exactly the same questions oh, as George so Bennett. it's a bit of a competition between us now. Yeah, so it's Me a George, George Bennett and Neve Fisher-Black face-off. All right. Oof. So um, we've got Niall to kick off a bit of a jingle. It's time, Neve, for the hometown quiz. Nelson quiz. Nelson quiz. Now it's time. Nelson quiz. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Did you I like think that? some Nelsonians would be rather proud of that. Might have Nelsonians flipping. Take it. that to the to the to the local like pub quiz or something. Nelson quiz. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, after we've finished, give us your number, and I will send that audio file through, and you can share it with as many Nelsonians oh, okay. as you want. And it it could become. I know it's the Nelsonian National Anthem, perhaps? Anyway, oh, we're, we're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves here, aren't we? We're getting ahead of ourselves. But anyway, right. So I've got four questions here, Neve, um, that I asked George Bennett over a year ago. Uh, and he got, I think he got three right. Okay. Oh, okay. So he's, he's scored 75%. Now, you'll be, you'll be glad to hear they're multiple choice questions, okay? So there's three uh, potential answers, only one of which is right. Oh, okay. Um, so are you ready? So if, if in doubt, you can have a bit of a guess, all right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, right, question number one. Nelson has a coat of arms, which was obtained in 1958 from the College of Arms, okay? Now, what two creatures stand either side of the coat of arms, okay? Is it A... A kuya and a kakapu. B, no, a huya, a huya, sorry, a huya and a kutuku, oh, which is okay. a, a white heron. Yeah. Or is it a huya and a kiwi? So a huya and a kakapo, which is an, um, a bird, isn't it, with a really sharp yeah. beak. A huya and a kutuku, which is a, a heron. Or a huya and a kiwi. Uh, oh. I know, but I, I don't, can't picture the birds. Um, I would say A, because I don't think it's kiwi. It's not a kiwi. It's not a kakapo. It's a kotuku, a white heron. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry about I that. I don't even know um, what a kotuku is. Yeah, oh. I'll tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Hold on. So while we're on, kotuku. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an egret. Um, it's, a, an, it's a white bird. Basically, um, oh. in New Zealand, it's New Zealand's only. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a, maybe I. Yeah, it's maybe it I breeds near a place now, called yeah. um, okay. Wataroa. Yeah, it's, it only breeds near Wataroa uh, in South Westland. Okay, so it looks yeah. a little bit like a swan, basically. But um, well, there we go. So we, anyway, oh. a little bit of a nature lesson there for you, uh, Neve. Anyway, so. Um, 
Still yeah. got three questions there to go. So go. it is a huya and a katuku, okay? So there we go. Um, you learn something every day. Did George right. get that question right? I've just got to read this through because the font. Um, he did. Uh, Niall, did he get it right? <laughs> <laughs> did he get it right, Niall? Yes, he did, I think. He Can did. He, got, oh, he did get that one right, okay. actually. But right. you've still got three more questions, so don't, he don't stress. He got the next one wrong. So, he he okay. got the next one wrong. Okay, so, right. Nelson is sometimes known as Sunny Nelson, as simply, it's a very sunny place. But, Neve, how sunny is Neve on average? So, how many hours of sunshine does Nelson have per year? Okay. Um, so, it's a very sunny place, um, but how many hours of sunshine does it have per year? Is it 2,301 hours? 2,472 hours or 2,559 hours? Oh. I mean, it's a tough one, this. It's, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a stab in the dark, this, isn't that it? That one really is a bit of a stab in the dark, but I feel like I, I don't want to commit to the biggest number of hours, but I also don't want to go for the smaller because I know... I don't know if we still are anymore, but we, we haven't been... Nelson has been in the past the the highest amount of sun hours in New Zealand. So I think I'm going to go with the in-between B. It's correct. It is 2,472 hours. Well done, Neve. Yes. Good logic. <laughs> I, I, I really love it when people talk through their logic. Well yeah. done. Okay. Um, okay. So question number three. So you've got 50% right so far. One right, one wrong. Two more questions to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to... Right. Here we go. What is the name of the glossy lifestyle magazine focused on the Nelson and Marlborough regions? So what is the name of the glossy lifestyle magazine focused on the Nelson and Marlborough regions? Is it A, Wild Tomato, B, Wild Kiwi, yeah, it's a. or C, Wild Apple? You sure? Yeah, Wild Tomato, yeah, 100% yeah, it is. sure. It is Wild Tomato, yeah. well done. <laughs> Well done. Um, so you've got, you've now got a very, very good score. You got two out of three. You're catching up with with George Bennett. Um, okay, so well that's done. Good uh, have you have you read Wild Tomato? Um, no, but I mean, Nelson's a small place, and I don't. I, yeah, I've definitely heard of Wild Tomato before. I think I know it, some people that work there, or. Ah, yeah. right, okay. It's so. probably the sort of thing you've seen like in maybe like a dentist waiting room as well or, yeah, in, yeah, or, in, a, or in a newspaper yeah. shop, just knocking about, but you've never really opened it. Yeah, it's exactly. Part of your, yeah, part of your consciousness. Okay. Yeah. Right, the, fa the final question in the Nelson quiz, and you've, after a difficult start, um, Neve, you've really pulled things around. Let's see if you can continue with that form. Okay. Um, oh, this is a rugby union question. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, no, but anyway, George is an okay. advantage with that, you know? He's a rugby player. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll give it a go anyway. Okay, the first ever rugby union match in New Zealand took place in Nelson in 1870, which is quite cool. Um, but between which two teams? Was it the Nelson Marlborough, the Nelson Marlborough Men FC versus the Nelson Suburbs? Was it the Nelson College versus the Nelson Shipwrecks? Or was it the Nelson Suburbs versus Nelson Nelson College? Um. So the Harbourman versus the Suburbs, the College versus the Shipwrecks, or the <laughs> Suburbs versus the College? Um, the Suburbs versus the College. 
makes the it's most correct. sense to me. Yeah. It's, the, it's the correct answer. Well done. Yeah. Absolutely we fantastic. Um, we've, we, let's see if we can get a live studio audience. <laughs> well done. Uh, thank you. That gives you a grand total of 75% in the Nelson quiz, therefore equaling George Bennett's uh, total score. So you've got to be pretty pleased okay. with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pleased. I I can call myself the equal um, equal most no, Nelsonian Nelsonian Nelsonian. Uh, is, is there a, is yeah. there a word? Because you said Nelsonian straight off the off the bat. Is is that what you you call yourselves? Yeah, Nelsonian sounds right. I quite like it. Sounds it does right. sound yeah. right. You know, it sounds very sounds very good. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so looking looking ahead to uh to 2023 after after your success um this year not just in the world championships but in pretty much every stage race that you weren't injured in you uh you pretty much ran top 10 what's going to be the focus for you um for next year um uh yeah well i haven't actually discussed any race calendar yet so i don't know exactly what I will be down for in terms of like what my team wants me doing but yeah I do have obviously ideas and ambitions myself um I know the races that I, I like now after pretty much two years two years racing at this level um and obviously I step into the elite ranks off the back of a quite quite a good year this year I feel um I've stepped up also again up another level performance wise this year um so I, I hope again to step up again and and I feel that much more ready to sort of, well, I feel pretty confident that I can compete with the best now. So I, I feel ready to, yeah, maybe take a little bit more pressure next year and, and go into races with a little bit more goal-orientated sort of um, approach to things and, Definitely, yeah, there's certain races that I'm targeting, like, yeah, the longer tours. I mean, as you said, as you talked about, the, the Giro was quite a good tour for me this year, so maybe that again next year, but I don't know what, what it will be between the Tour de France and the Giro. Um, yeah, that's I was going to say, discussed, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that, that magical, um, that magical phrase, you know, the, the, the women's Tour de France or the Tour de France fam of it, yeah. that has to be something that's on your radar now. And when you look at, um, you look at the the biggest stage race outside of that was the Giro, and it was in, now since 33rd edition, and you were the first rider home from Team SD Works as well. Um, and when you look at the riders behind you as well, it was an incredible, yeah. an incredible performance. And really that, you'd imagine should put you in good stead, especially looking at the profile and how difficult the parkour is of, of the Tour de France. I mean, I don't think it would be out of, out of turn for you to say that you wanted to ride it, would it really? Let's be honest. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't want to ride it already this year. But um, yeah, in the end, I'm in probably, yeah, well, definitely the number one women's team in the world. And and they make their decisions based on yeah what they want to achieve at the race and, and who they want to achieve that with. So... Um, yeah, I didn't go this year, but I, it was almost a good thing because it meant I could have a, a really good Giro and sort of step into that leadership role, which I hadn't had a chance to do before. Um, and that was a really like nice experience for me. Um, but yeah, for sure next year, um, I 
definitely can see the the possibility that that roles can change a little bit in the team next year. We 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 lose a few riders and we gain a few riders. Um, so I, yeah, I hope that they can see me fitting into the Tour de France team next year. Whether that's um to be up there in the mountains helping Demi because obviously Demi was second this year. Yeah. Um, or yeah, uh, seeing what I can do on on some stages. I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely I, I I'm really keen to be part of that team this year and um yeah. Uh, help the team to, to success there as, as much as possible really it's yeah it's it, going to be an exciting ne- next couple of years especially looking at the riders you have around you and um and and, and again I'm not even going to ask you how the how the sports kind of changed because um it, it's I think the one thing as somebody who observes the sport is a big fan of the sport is that um it's not it's not really a question anymore. It's like the, the way that women's the women's side of the sport has developed over the last few years. It's it's come to the point now where it's the norm, isn't it? It's really really lovely to be able to talk about it. Just well, this is the races you're doing. It beforehand it was yeah. every race was almost an exception. And isn't it great that you're just doing this and that? But you are now yeah. re- racing where for you are still a you know a young woman. This is quite normal now, isn't it? You, you are in a big team. You're being paid. You're being looked after, and you've got an amazing program, and you can. You can be what you want to be now. It's yeah. um, but but it's but it's it must be good for you. Difficult. I'm not getting my words quite right. But for you, it's it's quite normal. Whereas for some of the the women in the team who are a little bit older, they've seen that transition. But for you, you're just in it, and it, and it's it's relatively normalised, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, my teammates obviously, yeah, they they talk about a lot how how sort of lucky we are to have this. But I also feel like I mean, I've only been in the sport at a professional level really for two well three years um and even I feel like I've seen it I mean the last couple of years it's stepped up hugely just just with the introduction of the of the Tour de France I mean the global sort of reach of the Tour de France itself for women cycling is is just crazy I I mean I wasn't even at the Tour de France and I felt myself the impact that it had on uh, women's sport as a whole and I can't imagine what my teammates were feeling there and and the, the the pressure of the media there and and the yeah how much commitment it had I mean we also had a lot more media in the team we had yeah a lot of cameramen and interviews all year round and a lot of the races for all based around the Tour de France and yeah it's pretty huge also for me as a a New Zealand cyclist I mean I'm on the other side of the world and a lot of people in New Zealand don't really understand what I do um but when you say the Tour de France to them they they you know they they understand that it, it I mean it's a huge sporting event which they can sort of relate to um uh so yeah I think it's definitely I don't want to put everything on the Tour de France because obviously there are so many more cool races out there for women. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changing changing the sport um, and it's making it more like, yeah, as you say, sort of a better lifestyle that maybe we're starting to take for granted a little bit that we have all these races and, and we can make a career out of it and I can live here um, in Girona and things like that and just go off to races. It's, yeah, it's definitely changing women's sport for the for the better. Yeah, I think I think you put that really eloquently. I think it's fair to say that the in addition to 
the rest of the calendar, which is enormously developed. Yeah. Um, the, the Women's Tour de France, um, is, the impact has been nothing short of seismic, really, hasn't it? Um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, I really, really do hope, you know, all things being equal, you, you get an opportunity um, yeah. next year to, to, to ride on it because it looks like it's, to be blunt, right up your street. It really, really does. Good. I've had a brief look at the course and it looks rather nice, rather nice. Yeah. It certainly does. Just a brief one. You're you've got a, a younger brother, haven't you, Finn? Um, how yeah. competitive were you guys at home um, growing up? Because you're a little bit older than Finn, aren't you? So, did you yeah. start riding together, or who who was the first out of you guys to actually start riding your, your bikes back at home? Um, uh, pretty much together. I mean, we started. Our dad got us. I mean, we always had sort of matching bikes. I remember we started with matching trikes. And then uh, we went on to matching little oh, yeah. <laughs> mountain bikes. <laughs> yeah. And um, we were quite competitive with each other. Like it was always just started with little things. Like we would always make races with each other, always like fighting for the one that could ride behind dad on rides um, because <laughs> obviously that was the best wheel to be in, you know, behind dad. Um <laughs> But yeah, like competitively, actually, um, when we were young, around like six or seven maybe, our dad took us along to a, a junior track meet and um, straight away my brother started, but I was a little bit too scared to, so I watched him the first few times. So he had the courage ahead of me, but then when I saw my brother ripping around that track, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to go too. And um, he actually won a me- he won a medal or something, and I was like, okay, that's it. I've got to go win a medal now too. So um, since then, it's always been, yeah. He gets some bling, and I have to get the same bling too, you know. So he's <laughs> he's he's he got a world title before me. So finally, I've caught up to him and got the world title too. So. Um, we're on a cool. level playing field now, I think. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, long, long may that friendly rivalry continue. Now, yeah. Oh, hold on a minute, Neve. Uh, sorry, sorry about this. I've got. Oh, oh no. Random question alert. Random question alert. Random question alert. It is time for a random question. <laughs> Well, uh, sorry. As part of my contract with Sigma Sports, they've installed an old, <laughs> an old supercomputer in my uh, in my office, and every now and again, I have to go and well tear a question off and ask my guests. So to wrap up the podcast, Neve, it's been an absolute pleasure. By the way, I'm going to ask you this question I've never seen before. So are you ready? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Okay. If you and the rest of the world could only listen to one musical act for the rest of your life, I guess that's a band, um, which act would you choose? So so basically, you're basically deciding the fate of the rest of the world in terms of its listening pleasure and yours. Oh. So there's one, there's one band that you can listen to and the rest of the world for the rest of your life. Um, what would it be? Oh, what my would goodness. Who would they be? That's a big question, isn't it? I feel like it? you have to go with like a timeless classic because yeah. then you already can trust that they've they've um 
they've been around this long, you know, they can they can survive for for the rest of human time. Um, that's that's uh, a good. That's a really good balance where putting it. Definitely. So it, yeah. it could be a band or it could be a solo act. Okay. You know, so it, so. But again, what do you reckon? you could live with and, and the rest of your world the, 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 no, when you're walking around Girona or you go to the next world championships nobody's going to give you a hard time oh <laughs> oh dear but I think I think you're going down the, road, the right route I feel route like you can't please you can't please everyone though that's no, the no, thing no no you can't no um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give you mine while you think okay um, yeah it's going to be crowded house New, New Zealand uh, always take the weather with you because I think that's a yeah. timeless classic. Oh, that's a really It's obviously nice one. from New Zealand. Yeah. But I just think, and it's a song yeah, that when you hear, I don't think I could ever overhear it. I mean, I, again, you can you can nick my answer if you want, but I just think Crowded House, as well as being a cracking band, I don't know what part of New Zealand yeah. they're from, but what a lovely song. And and again, wherever you were in the world, you could take the weather with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? When I open up my Spotify, what comes up straight away is... um. I, I just see this this ad for Queen. So maybe that's a sign for me. <laughs> it has to be a Queen song. But um I, I can't Go say. It. I think that's one fantastic. They're one of my favourite bands. Yeah? Yeah? Just pick a pick a Queen song. Go on. Queen are queen. the, the I, I saw them live when I was sixteen. Uh, Go for a Queen song. We, we, we are the champions. Kill a queen. No, definitely um, not. We are the champions. Just go with Bohemian no. Rats for me. Oh, Bohemian! Tell you what, you've just that is an absolute timeless classic. It's got to be that one. Bohemian Rhapsody. It is. Um, Neve, what an absolutely banging choice! If we had a bigger budget, we'd probably play Can a bit, we but we'd the just get taken with off. Bohemian so we're not. Rhapsody? Yes. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> what we'll do, we'll get we'll get Niall to maybe do his own version, and then we'll close the pod yeah. to a medley of okay. "Always Take the Weather with You" by Crowded House and Bohemian Rhapsody. I think yeah. he'd be fine with that. He's got a little Perfect. bit of time in his hands. I reckon he'd be fine. <laughs> Neve, thank you so Perfect. much. It's been Thanks, an absolute Niall. pleasure. Thank you for being so patient with me, and 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 thank you, um, and thank you for. Um, taking so much care and consideration over the questions as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. And also, finally, yep. all the very best in 2023. I'm sure you're going to have an absolutely corking corking year. And please do keep us posted on the little treats that you've got in store at the SD Works team camp as well. Oh, yeah, of, of course. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. Queen, what a fantastic choice. And what a great guest Neve was. Massive thanks to her. And I wish her all the best for the 2023 season. Thanks to Perry Apgwyneth for the podcast theme tune. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to like, follow and rate the pod. And maybe give it a little review if you feel like it. And want to recommend it to anybody who might not know what lolly cake is. I certainly didn't. And now I do. And this podcast is free. Well, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, please do. We actively encourage it. Our email address is, quite simply, podcast at sigmasports.com. Or you can leave a message or a voice note on our WhatsApp number. We have a special burner phone for that. And the number is plus four four seven 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 eight three two three two six eight. And finally, a massive thanks again to me for joining us on the podcast today. Best of luck to it in the coming season and beyond. Cheers all. Stay safe and goodbye. Thank you.